welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to share with you today from the book of John, chapter 9. In the book of John was expressly written, he said, and all these things have been written about Jesus that you might believe. And he chose seven miracles and, or signs, signs and miracles, to attest who Jesus was and to strengthen our faith. And if we've not come to the Lord to strengthen our faith, that Jesus is God, and in him he is the light of the world. And uh, several of them uh, dovetail with the reason that Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came because we couldn't go to God, so God came to us. How many are thankful for that this morning? Yes. He reached out to us when there's no way that we could, we could jump the Grand Canyon, so to speak. It came to us, and um, he's called the light of the world, and I want to share this with you today about um, the man that was healed, that was born blind, It was healed. But last week, for instance, Jesus walking on the water and coming to the disciples was a great illustration of Emmanuel, God with us. He comes to us in our storms if we, by faith, reach out to him. This week... Jesus is the light of the world. It's the healing of the man that was blind. And uh, we're going to read the scripture, and if you'll turn with me, and you can follow along on, on the screen, John chapter 8. And before we just do this, let me give you the backstory of this. In John 7 and 8, Jesus was in the, the temple uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles. This was a major feast when everyone's supposed to come. And it commemorated their uh, God's delivering them and his provision for them. And they, they, they rejoiced. Uh, everyone was supposed to come. And Jesus stood up during the great feast and taught them. And one of the things he said in John 7, um, he referred to himself as the living water. And anyone, whoever believes in Jesus, if he believes in Jesus, out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. And, of course, the religious people in the temple were really upset because there was one pool that was the source of all the water in Jerusalem was the Pool of Siloam, which means scent. And the Pool of Siloam, all the other pond, pools and streams that fed the city of Jerusalem had been shut down in Old Testament times through the king's enemies, plugged everything up except for the Pool of Siloam. And so he stands and says that, and the religious people are absolutely infuriated. The ones who received Jesus actually experienced this wonderful living water, the wells of salvation, the refreshing, just drawing it. The, the scripture says, therefore with joy you shall draw waters from the wells of salvation. John chapter 8, he makes an even more preposterous claim in their eyes 
8.12, and we'll read that right now. He said, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And they just categorically, they, they dismissed him out of hand. And in those days, the religious people had him in their rules that they had made up. They said, give us proof, give us evidence of that. And he began to talk about God, and they said, well, that doesn't count. And he began to talk about what he'd done. They said, but that doesn't count because even if it's true, according to our law, a, a person, a man, a woman cannot speak in their own defense if there's no corroborating witness. And since you're just talking this, uh, and even if it's true, we reject it, and there's no way that you're the light of the world, period. So they reject him. And Jesus says to them, he said, you are judging me according to the flesh, but not according to God. So John chapter 9, he's left he left the temple, and he's walking along the road, and there's a man that is born blind. And we're going to pick it up, and we're going to read this. And he passed by. He saw a man blind from birth. And what happens here is that Jesus is demonstrating evidence so that it's not just his talking, but to the multitudes that are around that he's the light of the world. His disciples asked him, they said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Just let me, I want to read that just a little bit differently and place the comma. I don't know, how many are English majors in here? Let me see, okay, we have, all right, have some teachers, we have a few, yeah, you're, okay. Now, for the most of you, just bear with me for a moment. It, in, when John wrote this in the original language, Greek, right, there was no commas, no punctuation. So some people have read that and said, well, God made this man blind. What kind of God is that? But if that would be written and translated the way that John did everything else with what they call purpose statements that would go like this. It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but so that the works of God might be displayed in him, let's go to the next verse, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day, night is coming when no man can work. And then verse 5, 6, and 7 while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground. Is anyone getting little heebie-jeebies right now? And made clay of this spittle and applied the clay to his eyes. And said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. And now we're going to go to verse 25. He then answered, this is the blind man, because the Pharisees just assailed him and attacked him. Not once, but at least twice, and they brought his parents into the argument. Anyone ever been involved in drama like that? Right? Dragging other people into this argument just to 
stack the side on your, you know, stack the odds in your favor? And he answered, the blind man, the, the now seeing man, the now sighted man says, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Praise God. This clay, the spittle, back then it was, it was commonly held that there is medicinal properties in spit. I'm glad I live now and not then. How about you? So that wasn't an unusual thing. Yikes. This past summer, I had surgery on one eye, then another eye. Uh, Came to, a, came to a point that I wasn't seeing very well. I couldn't read that screen like I can now. I could hardly read the clock. How many know that that's getting bad? In fact, I can read from up here, I can read the little numbers on the clock. I don't know how many of you all can do that if you're up here, but I can. But the, the doctor said to me, you, you really need to get this done because it's getting worse. And I, it was hard to see at night. It's hard to drive. It, in fact, it was getting it's scary. I felt like I was in a NASCAR race every time I went somewhere, and I, because I couldn't read the signs. How many know that's not good? And things had progressed in my eye, in my vision. That one of my eyes, the doctor said, you know, <laughs> you're considered legally blind, or you would not. They'd take your driver's license away from you. Now I didn't have any accidents. And I was good because I would just say to my wife, what's that sign say? <laughs> it aggravated her to death, right? Around here I was okay, but on a trip, what's that sign say? Is that the exit? And she said, I'm getting tired of this, right? <laughs> so I talk with people, talk with my parents, talk with friends, and some of you here have had this surgery also. And they said, it's a piece of cake, 10 minutes, it's over, done, and you won't believe what it's like. Whites look whiter, everything is brighter, and those clouds and halos and stars that you see around nights, it's just gone. And I said, count me in. So uh, I signed up for it. And then they sent me the paperwork at my house. And this is what it said. Before you can be scheduled for this surgery, you have to read this thoroughly and sign off. And I started reading this. This thing that was a, supposed to be a 10-minute procedure, there was a snap, everyone told me, that I had to sign and acknowledge that it could, <laughs> it could lead to permanent loss of vision. It could lead, in some rare cases, even death. And they went, they just continued on. And the more I read this, the more fearful I got. But I just took everyone's word for it, and I signed my life away. Because it said that it's... Rarely happens, but we just want to acknowledge that's mean that's called a firewall, so you can't sue anybody. How many know that what that's about? So we go the day that's there, and my wife takes me and she's by my side, and they come and they walk me back in, and she said, She's gonna be good, I'm praying for you. And I went back and, and when I when I get in these situations, I get tense. Anyone know what I'm talking? I mean, I get tense. 
I mean, tense, hard, everything just stiffens up, and I'm a little claustrophobic. They put me on this, this gurney deal, and they say, now we want you to get comfortable. And I'm, you know, I'm, it's starting to have, have these flashbacks about this thing that I signed off on. And then they came, and they wanted to strap down my, my hands. I said, now hold it just a minute. I, you can't do that. I've I'm, I'm, I, I, I got to have my hands clear. You can't do that. I said, no, but we'll do it loosely. I said, okay. They came and they put the, you know, that crazy hospital cap they put on, and all, they pulled it down to touch my eyebrows. I said, you can't do that. It's, I mean, believe you me, this, I'm a pretty big guy, but I'm, I'm, everything bothered me. I said, get that cap up. So they did it, and, and uh, then they came out with oxygen. I said, what? And they put this thing in my nose. I said, what are you doing? Get that out of there. And I finally convinced them to like hang it on my hairy mustache. <laughs> so I go in with a surgical suite. And, and many of them in there were followers of Jesus Christ. Okay. And they could tell, I guess I was a little tense. And they said, what, what kind of music do you like? You look like a country guy. And I thought, no. I like some country, you know, but that's not, uh, you know. I said, well, I like, uh, I like contemporary Christian music. In fact, I'm a pastor. Great. Oh, where? Grace Assembly of God. Oh, yeah. Turns out one of them was a worship leader. He said, we'll, we'll fix you up. So they, don't, they, they didn't knock me out. You, you're awake for this whole thing, and, and now Hillsong is singing some song, right? And they just relax. It's going to be okay. And I said, would you tell me what's happening? And then they said, it's going to be okay. We're going to take this laser. We're going to cut away your lens. And I, they said, just relax. And they're coming at me. And all of a sudden, I realize what they're doing. And my eyesight, I, all I, I can no longer see except wild, psychedelic colors. And the fear gripped me. What happens if they botch this thing? What happens? Well, obviously they didn't botch it. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, I went in for the other one. And, and once I was almost blind, but now I can see. But, I, but here's the deal. I had to trust myself to that surgeon. She knew more than I did. I only knew what I could see through my eyes. But she had done, she's one of the best, they said. She has done thousands and thousands of these. For her, it was a snap. For me, it was something else. But the results speak for themselves. And when Jesus knelt down and spit in the clay and he, had, he rubbed it on that man's eyes and he said, you go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He had to make a decision to trust in Jesus as the light of the world. And when he went and washed, he trusted and obeyed. His sight was absolutely restored. Could you imagine? And in those days, to be blind meant that, meant that 
You had no hope, no future, no security, no protection. You had no income other than begging along the side of the road. It was the ultimate doom. The crippled man at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3, they had to carry him there, but he could see who was coming. For the blind man, they had to carry him there, but he could not see anything. He was totally at the mercy of those around him. So there's a few things that John writes about. I want to share with you this morning. The first is this, that Jesus is the light of the world and that you and I can trust him. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. John wrote this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or did not overcome it. The wonderful thing about light and the light of Jesus Christ is that it extinguishes darkness, but darkness can never extinguish light. Yes. He is God. He fulfilled the Scripture, 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. One of the greatest ones in Isaiah 9, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. And then the prophet talked about Jesus, and he said, you will multiply the nation, you will increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. You'll break the yoke off their burden and the staff of their shoulders. In other words, he's the deliverer. For unto us a child is born, a son will be given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government. The light of Jesus Christ will keep spreading and spreading and spreading, and ultimately in the last book of the Bible, God's will for this world and Jesus Christ and salvation, as he establishes the new heaven and new earth, there will, the, John the Revelator who wrote this book said there will be no need for light in that day for the Lamb of God will take away the night. Can someone say praise God? And Isaiah wrote this, that the Lord will establish this with the zeal of the Lord of hosts. He will accomplish it. When Jesus Christ comes to our life, when we receive him and trust him by faith, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish his work in your life, praise God. It's a spiritual tsunami. It, it is more powerful than anything that we could know or that we're going through. That's why when we, re we rejoiced this morning when we sang the song Waymaker. He is the light in the darkness. Can someone say amen? He is the Waymaker. He is the promise keeper. He does miracles. He moves mountains. That's Jesus Christ, the light of this world. Praise his name. Jesus is full of grace 
and truth. John wrote in John chapter 1. What that means is because he's full of grace, that's how he responds to you and to me. He's full of truth. It means that we can count on him for truth in your life. Have you ever had people, friends around you that will tell you whatever you hear so that you'll still be their friends? Anyone ever have that happen? They'll just tell you what you want to hear instead of being straight up with you. But we can count on Jesus for truth in our life. And because he's full of grace and truth, he gives us new lenses to see. He opens the eyes of our heart. One of the biggest obstacles, one of the biggest obstacles for the vision of God to be fulfilled in our lives is our earthly vision. Not fleshly, but our own vision is limited. Paul wrote, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Ephesians chapter 1, read verses 15 through 20. That you would have the understanding that the spirit of revelation and the spirit of wisdom would come. That's the heart of God for everyone that's here. That the spirit of revelation and the spirit of wisdom, Jesus is the light of the world, would fill our hearts and that you would understand what he's done for the church, he says. And then in, in Ephesians 3, he said, I pray that you would know the, the, the love of God and the width and the depth and the, the height and the length of it. And he said that you would be strengthened in the inner person, the inner man by the might of the Spirit, now under him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or even think. For him be the glory forevermore and forevermore. Praise God. Amen. God has something he sees for you and for me to illumine our heart, to break us loose from patterns in life and where we're blind so that we can, we can say, once I was blind, but now I see, praise God. The second thing is that Jesus sees our needs while others see our problems. John 9, verses 3 through 5. Again, they, they came and they asked him who had sinned, and he said, it's not this man or his parents, but so that the works of God might be displayed, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. The disciples and the community and the religious people wrongly judged the blind man. How many have ever been wrongly judged by somebody else? Yes. I'm telling you, that's tough. That's tough. It's tough. I just want to say in marriages... And in relationships, one of the most toxic things that we can do is to make serious accusations that are baseless and wrong. Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 to put on the full armor of God and the breastplate of righteousness so that we may be protected against the fiery darts of the wicked one. And the wicked one is called the accuser of the brethren. If you want to sabotage a relationship, be willing to falsely judge or falsely accuse somebody. And the disciples, their deal was this. They were more interested in the cause than the cure. Who sinned? They wanted to figure out. Oh, God, deliver us as a church if we ever have that 
well, it's their problem, therefore we, we, Lord, that's their problem. The community, the neighbors, they saw this individual as, they pegged him as beyond hope. He was unproductive, another mouth to feed, and quite frankly, someone else they had to navigate and deal with. The religious people, they just flat out rejected it because, because to agree with him that the man was healed, and he was, meant that they would have had to accept Jesus and all of his claims. The disciples were into this quid pro quo. How many have heard of quid pro quo in the last month or so? How many have heard that? that hey, this, this wasn't invented in the last month. I just want you to know this. But the church folks, the disciples said, well, the reason he's sick is because he sinned or his parents have sinned. I just want to ask this. If, if sin is the cause of sickness, then all we need to do is repent of sin and everyone's going to be 100% healthy again. How many follow that? See how wrong-headed that thinking is? Yeah, some, uh, one of the, there's a, a thing... Uh, called Myers-Briggs Temperament Analysis. How many have taken that? You don't want to Myers-Briggs. Okay, most of you. You're smart, you're smart here. Okay. And you know there's four, uh, there's four main characteristics. You can be, um, help me out, extrovert or introvert, um, what, thinking, uh, J is judging, what's N? Intuition, you know, all those things. Okay, I won't tell you what I am. You can guess later or text me if you want, so. But I will tell you, one of them is J. J. And J, how many are, if you've taken it, you come up J. How many know what J means? How many know what J means? Huh? Judging, yeah. Now, don't say it quite so harsh. That really sounds harsh, okay? But it also means you can walk into a situation and immediately you know what to do. Whether you're right or wrong, you know what to do. And if everyone would just do it, everything would be right. The bad side of that is if we allow ourselves to judge people on face value, you know what I'm saying? And then we say, because of that, that's how they are, and we just peg them and put them in that hole, and we won't deal with them. And the disciples, in a way, I think they, a bunch of them were J people. They said, someone sinned here, period, end of the matter. And the man was blind, and they'd seen Jesus heal people, and they didn't say, Jesus, can you heal him? Jesus graciously responded to him. He saw him, Jesus saw him through the eyes of grace because he's full of grace, grace and truth and responded with real help. He was in need of God's work in his life. Jesus saw this, that what the enemy means for evil, God means for our good. And everyone that came to him in the New Testament, he healed because he, he sees right to our heart. His vision is greater than our vision. The Pharisees allowed self-interest to block their view of Jesus. And today we can allow our own interests, our own interests, our own fears to block his light from coming into our heart. We can be looking... The song that came to my mind, we can looking for love in all the wrong places. Sin has a way of getting a, working a groove in our life. But God has something for you that, that He can satisfy through right relationships. Can someone say praise God? Just as an aside, 
How many remember the song, I Can See Clearly Now? How many remember that song? Yeah, okay. Well, I will, let me tell you a quick story about that. When I was reading this text, often there's songs that come to my mind. I can see clearly now. You know, you know, okay, the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. You know, the dark clouds are gone. It's going to be a bright, bright, shiny day. You know, anyway, that was written by Johnny Nash. And in November, one month ago, 47 years ago, 1972, it hit the number one on the Billboard Top 100 Hot list and stayed there. It's sort of an iconic song. I can see clearly now, you know. And uh, so that, that came to my mind. I Googled it. I said, what in the world's the mean? What's the message behind this? Because there's so, so many songs, there's a message or there's an agenda there. So they ask, and people, they start to say, well, it's about, uh, he's going through a rough patch. It was written at the end of Vietnam. He's reflecting on that. Or there was a death. And I mean, they're writing all these things, and someone said, you all folks, you're reading too much into these lyrics. I was there for an interview, and they interviewed him, and they asked him what it was about. He said, oh, uh, I wrote that song as I was recovering from cataract surgery. <laughs> I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. That's it. That's what it's all about. How should we as followers of Jesus see people in their needs? I don't want to be like the disciples. No, I do sometimes because it's really convenient. I don't want to be like the community and the neighborhood just to dismiss him because that's really convenient too. I don't want to be like the Pharisees where I'm consumed with self-interest and I don't want God to get in the way. But I want to be like Jesus. His grace is neither greasy nor hardened. How many know what greasy grace is? Okay, greasy grace. Greasy grace is, ah, I can live any way I want. And I can do whatever I want, and as long as I show up to church, everything's okay. That's greasy grace. But neither should it be hard where we judge people and there's no grace at all. The only time that we'll do something is if they earn it, then we're going to do something for them. But then another question comes to me, is how do we want this world to see us as representatives of Jesus in our business dealings? Do they want to see us as full of grace and truth or mean and bare-fisted or not fulfilling our obligations? God wants to come into our heart whether this today is the first day that you Receive Jesus Christ into your life as the light of this world, or you've been following him for a long, 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 long time. He wants to come into our heart and shine on us through the work of the Holy Spirit and illumine us and show us things and break things down in our life and release us far more abundantly than we can even begin to ask or think so we can see like he sees. Praise God. 
It's the exciting thing about following the Lord Jesus. Next month in January, I get to teach an undergrad class and then one, one master's student in the same class. And they come to me and they, they all call me doctor. It's like as though, you know, I'm like four times or three times their age anyway, three and a half times their age, as though I'm on this pedestal and I can do no wrong. And I sort of enjoy it because, I can, you know, I have the power of grades. <laughs> and I wag my finger. No, I really like them, you know, and... and the last couple of classes, the last day, they've all stood in the line to come up and hug me. I just, I love that. Just being with them and pouring out my life. You know what I'm saying? But at, at my age, at my age, age has nothing to do with how much the light of God can still shine in our hearts. How many understand what I'm saying? There's more and more and more. It's like, it's like we're in a cave and and are a building where we've never been in and it's dark and, and God shines on us and we see that doorway and say, oh my goodness, there's another door. And we open that door and we go out and there's, there's this lovely new addition. Oh my, I didn't know it was there, but look at all the doors that are there. And we open and there's more doors, there's more doors, there's more doors. And the more we open and let his light shine in our life, the freer we feel, praise God. Third thing is this, receiving the light of Jesus in your life. John 8, 15 said, the religious people said, or Jesus said to them after they rejected him, you judge according to the flesh. I'm not judging anyone. I'm so grateful that the Lord doesn't judge anybody. He came to save us, not to judge us. Judgment is later on if we just reject God flat out. But I want to say today, don't judge Jesus by human standards. Don't let what this world thinks of Jesus determine whether you receive him as the light in your life. His eyes are better than our eyes. God sees our disasters as part of his plan for our good. That's his vision. We go through difficult situations. We say, Lord, what in the world? Please stop. That, anyone else like that, please stop. I've been through things and I've said, I've said to the Lord, just tell me what I've done wrong and I will own up to it. I'll repent. Whatever you want, I'll just, just stop. And he's not told me because I was looking the wrong direction. But his eyes are better than our eyes, and indeed, again, what the enemy means for evil, God means for our good. But simply trust him, obey him, as our creator, the one who gave his life for him, receive him, come to Jesus who is full of grace and truth, and let his Spirit, shine His light in our heart. Praise God. Praise the Lord. After the first service, someone came to me. They said, thank you so much. They said, sometimes I get tired of people saying, He's the reason for the season. And, 
And this person said to me, it's almost like they're mad about it, like he's some interruption in the season. But he is the reason for the season. He came that we could have life and have it more abundantly, praise his name. I'm going to ask you to bow your hearts with me today. Close your physical eyes, but would you allow, would you allow the Lord to open the eyes of your understanding by receiving him today? And I, I want to ask, first of all, if you'd say, Pastor Paul, I, I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord and I, I want to say yes, and I'm just saying, Lord, would you shine your light in my heart? Would you give me understanding in areas that I'm not even aware that I need it? But Lord, would you show me the truth in the situations that I'm going through? Would you raise your hand along with mine today? Lord, I need your, I need your help. I just need your help. Lord, I need your help. Every once in a while, one of the things that really gets to me, and often there's as a leader, a husband, a dad, leader, you have to make, you make decisions. And some of them, some of them, I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I say, Lord, oh no, protect me from making the wrong decision, even though I'm thinking it's right. I don't want to come to the end of my life and impacted people and yet I've made bad decisions. How many know what I'm talking about? Lord, just shine your grace and your truth in my life. And then this morning, if you'd say, yes, I want to receive Jesus today as the light of this world. This is the first time, or, or I'm coming back to the Lord. I want his grace and truth in my life. I want to have a relationship with him. Just raise your hand right now. Just say, that's me. That, that's me. Just raise your hand and the Lord, he'll come in grace and truth. You raise your hand wherever you are. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Lord Jesus, we love you. We bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just your graciousness to us. I ask that you would help us to be people of grace, people of light and living epistles, read and known of all men. And Lord, during the next few days as we navigate this Christmas season and Lord, we'll just remember indeed what this is all about, but God, that you, we make ourselves available. You come to us. I pray that you open the eyes of our heart and our understanding that we would even see the gift giving. Lord, our motivations are because you loved us. and You've given us the great gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise God. Will you stand with me this morning? I want the prayer teams to come. Uh, if you want prayer this morning, we have people that will pray. Uh, they love God. They're trained. And they're going to be right up front here. And the band is, they're going to, uh, they're going to be playing some, some music. And uh, you just feel free to come. And they'll pray for you. Your burdens can be lifted. Listen, there's no problem that you have that's bigger than God. Can someone say amen? His his sight has got it covered at all. Praise the Lord. And the Lord bless you. You have a wonderful day. Uh, we hope to see you Christmas Eve. I'd love to see this place filled up. God bless you as you go. And be the light of this world, what he's shown in your heart. God bless you. Amen.